Hi, Susan. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> but the rest and the peace was so strong that it carried me above all the hell and chaos going on down below. Amen. There was car accidents everywhere. Just, I mean, there was literally sirens, ambulances, police cars, everywhere with the road, solid ice out there. And it was just such a peace, like hovering, like the spirit brooding over the chaos in the deep. I just, you know, flying and floating over the chaos down below. Tons of horrible stuff happening down below, but nothing bad up here. And it's a, such a wonderful place where it can't even influence your emotions anymore. <laughs> they could kill you at this level and you wouldn't even feel pain. <laughs> oh, and trust me, they are. <laughs> and we don't feel any pain. I gotta repeat on still from earlier. Okay. It's some good background music. Anybody's permission as we move forward. No. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me log into my Premiere account so I don't get advertisements. <laughs> this is gonna be so crazy. <laughs> of winter and holidays Nintendo music. That sounds perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that works. <laughs> this will totally keep me out of my carnal mind the whole broadcast. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> if the music is tormenting you, <laughs> we slay the demonic vampires out of your brain. <laughs> We got an old saying that goes, What at first irritates, later intoxicates. Uh -huh. Whoa. Oh, man. so bad everybody killing the lamb all the time because of the kitchen the kitchen all of the the death that's heaped upon the lamb of god the scapegoat of the entire world when it hits the throne of the lamb it's turned into blessings it's turned into healing for the nations so it's really a safe place Slain with the Lamb on the throne, and all your heart, soul, and flesh. Anything that comes at you is turned into a blessing. The misunderstanding is irrelevant. The financial oppression is irrelevant. The persecution is completely irrelevant. Anyone's attitude towards you really doesn't matter whatsoever. You're in the secret place. The cleft of the rock. Thank you, Father, for fully slaying us with the Lamb on the throne. word curses, all the witchcraft prayers, all the backstabbing and betrayal in the whole world is absorbed by the Lord Jesus and turned into blessings for everyone, even those who curse. <laughs>
is for Satan and his angels out of rebellion. We just turn it into a blessing right now in everyone's hearts and minds. No matter what the enemy's done, when the Lamb appears, it's all turned into glory. As if there's never even been a curse. And there's never even been an angelic rebellion. Amen.
if you don't like video games, well, guess what? You're gonna get used to the glory like a video game. You're gonna get used to leveling up, going from glory to glory. <laughs> Running around grabbing mushrooms and stars. <laughs> As your abilities grow. <laughs> and it's really a never-ending game. And you die a lot. You know, every time you die, though, you come back right where you started. With a new opportunity. This week it felt like I've died a hundred times a day. All seven days of the week. But it's felt like one spiritual moment. And all of a sudden, from Sunday, it's like, I look at the clock, and it's Thursday. That's what happened to me this week. Complete timelessness. These waves are so interesting. It's like algorithms. 471 on Periscope, and it's just zero all day today. <laughs> so we just drink all the sorcery, manipulation, control, witchcraft of Satan and the angels and the sinners in the media mountain right into Ezekiel's kitchen in her belly. We turn it into glory by divine alchemy. haven't even seen fun yet by comparison <laughs> gonna get real do you know what ruling and reigning looks like hello ruling and reigning <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something? <laughs> Not that I know anything, but I'm looking at one inside me who knows everything. <clears throat> and <laughs> I'll tell you what, you guys. There's a place where your face shines as the sun in the splendor of midday. There's a burning brilliance of the sun, S-U-N, shining through your face in the full splendor of midday. The mountain of transfiguration says when Jesus went up the mountain that the sun poured through his face, S-U-N. The sun poured through his face and the Father was there and Moses and Elijah. Malachi says and the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his rays, S-U-N. I see the sun shining through the sons of God and closing all flesh with glory 
and healing every sickness and disease. And it will be a full revealing of the curse of the fall to everyone's mind in the world. People just go around living ordinary lives like, yeah, this is just what it is. And they don't think anything about life. Like, what is this world? What am I doing on earth? What is this moon? What is this sun? What are the seasons? What, what are we doing here? What are the seven days of the week? And we come out of the programming of just complacency to an awakening by the light of the sun. It says it will heal all flesh. It's written in Revelation 1.16. His face was shining like the sun in the fullness of midday. That's what the Bible says. And it says in Revelation 12.1 that the woman representing all humanity is clothed with the sun. S-U-N. Revelation 12.1. Clothed with the sun. So now is the time that our faces, which is by the total transfiguration of the renewed of our mind, releases the full splendor of the sun and clothes all flesh with the star of our sun. And it will heal every sickness and disease. In, in fact, that's what sickness and disease is. It's a lack of light burning through your flesh. And it's a corruption in the star courses. It's a corruption in all the, of, of all the creation. It's a rebellious cell because of things being out of order in the waters and in the stars. We can look at things scientifically. We can try to do little band-aids on stuff. And we've had some success in medicine. But the full healing of the nations with the tree of life, like Revelation says, is when our faces shine with the full splendor of the sun at midday. These are men and women that are fully sacrificed of the curse, of the fall, of religion, of pride, of selfishness, of everything you are in self, dying with Christ so that everything Christ is in the Father shining through you, so that everything you read about Jesus in the New Testament is manifested through your flesh, through your hearts, through your faces, and through your bones and marrow. Amen? Paul says, I labor amongst you tirelessly until Christ be fully formed in you. That's the full ability of the Son of God by the continual sacrifice of self for more of Him and less of us. Well, if you do that for years and years and years, maximum intensity every day, not caring about your life, counting your life as worthless for the sake of knowing Christ, like the Bible says, you're going to start shining with the splendor of the sun and wrapping and clothing humanity, clothing the woman with the sun of the face of God of Revelation 1.16 and Revelation 12.1. Very important. That's the healing of the nations. That's the covering of the sons of God. That's the covering of the water temple and the covering of heavenly Jerusalem. It's the covering of the government of God and the removal of all false fathers that have kept people under the curse by not leading them into the fullness of who Jesus is and Jesus Christ's abilities. It's all going to be revealed. Everything in darkness. Everything whispered in secret. All these self-righteous people. I mean, everything that's done in religion will be revealed as Satan. And religion won't be able to hide behind the guise of 
Christianity anymore. It'll be exposed as all the works of the fallen angels to kill, steal, and destroy the nations. And so the true heroes will be revealed with the light of the sun shining through their faces, clothing all flesh. Amen. It's true love. That's the main thing I'm seeing today. And it's just been a lot of glory. A lot of peace riding above the curse. Loving people, being gentle in the midst of all this tremendous power. <clears throat> Putting on our Mr. Rogers sweaters. And remembering, you know, we're, we got the fullness of God's power surging through us. One slip of the tongue could really kill somebody. I mean, this is some dangerous power we're dealing with here. It's like throwing sticks of dynamite around. So you don't want to crush people with this power. You want to build up their hearts with this power. And we're all still learning. And there's tremendous grace for this learning process to wield this much power. Literally all the power of the universe we will wield long before Jesus returns. And it's clearly written in the scriptures, John 14, 12, Greater works will you do because I'm going to my Father. Greater works is the greater power. <laughs> We're going to wield the universal power of all the stars and all the waters of heaven and earth and everything under the earth and all planetary systems. Everything will be healed before Jesus returns. The restoration of all things. Acts 3.21 and so we're learning how to administer justice out of wisdom and love and patience and gentleness and extreme kindness. And to not be always irritated by the religious spirit operating through the accursed that always tries to hurt our feelings every day. There hasn't been one day of ministry where a religious person hasn't tried to completely ruin my day. In 13 years, every single day, there's been at least one, sometimes a thousand people that try to purposely hurt me and hurt my feelings and poison me so that I'd be bitter when I preach. That's the temptation of Satan, to so venomously attack God's anointed ones so that it corrupts their hearts and poisons their hearts and poisons their mind so it joins them in the accursed of the bitter people, the bitter waters, the, the red dragon's waters of Revelation. But you stay sweetened in your heart. You stay sweetened in your mind. You have to rejoice always and encourage yourself always in the Lord. Praying always in the Holy Spirit. Finding brothers and sisters that will go all the way with you, even when people don't understand. So you do go through a lot of people on this path because most people don't want to go deeper in God. And you don't let it bother you. You understand that not everyone is wired the same way. Some people can't walk with you the full distance. We've gone through how many friends in our lives? All of us. You've had season after season of people in your life, and they all put in their two cents. They all give you something that they have. You give something that they have, and you keep growing. And some people go apart, and some people stay together. But the main thing is that we all keep growing because we'll meet each other on the top of the mountain. Even if you don't see where the other person's growing, just let them go. Don't let it hurt you. Don't let it bother you. Knowing that God can father them no matter their reaction to your speed of spiritual growth. Because <laughs> if you're a sprinter, you know, you can't 
be around people that are just walking. Because it tortures you. If you're in like a, a rocket ship, you can't hang out with people that like just slow walking. You know what I mean? People are just that are just laying down and not moving. So there's different speeds of growth. Jesus Christ was called a tender shoot that grew up. His speed of growth was the maximum speed of growth of anyone who's ever lived and walked with God. No one can grow any faster than what Jesus of Nazareth grew in. 33 years he grew. And then when he was at the full maximum resemblance of God the Father, he was taken up into heaven. And then we got the same spiritual seed into our hearts to grow up into the same 33-year-old Jesus Christ, full spiritual stature, master of time, master of the universe. (laughs) And those are like 33 layers of the soul. Because it's one year is like a layer in a tree, and I see all men as trees. You can see layer upon layers, the 33 layers of the soul. Until Jesus Christ be fully formed in every layer of the tree of the soul. Until your tree of life fills the whole universe with branches and good fruit. Amen. That's what comes forth now. The fullness of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, filling the universe through their hearts and souls and flesh. The nations will rejoice, the religious will mourn, weep, wail, and beat their breasts, for they have murdered the sons of God. That's exactly how this thing is going now. <laughs> yeah, and it, <clears throat> this glory cloud is completely allowing the cloud of witnesses to manifest on earth. And it's time for the church to get a picture of partnering with the cloud of witnesses. Because it's in the glory. It's covered. It's in the stream. So how does it work? Look, it's the cloud in the spirit realm of witnesses. Plural. Many witnesses. All the Bible prophets and kings and priests are available. All the leaders of history that you need to draw from, from the cloud, Jesus will bring the right person forth to to bring you the revelation and to bring you the characteristic and the strength. You know, maybe you're dealing with some major deliverance and you you need the wisdom of Abraham Lincoln to free the slaves. You know, like this is the kind of raw power, like you can partner in the cloud of witnesses with that. That's total inheritance glory. And it's freaky, but it's what has been purchased for us. (laughs) I just have a drink. Oh my goodness. Have a drink of the Father's perfect love towards you until there's nothing in you except love. When you're full of the Father's love, there's no more misunderstanding in you. There cannot be religion or pride where God's love dwells. And God's love is a river, so it's always new and it's always fresh. Fresh fruit, fresh love. Love is the greatest fruit of the Spirit. Love is the source of all other fruits. 
Love is the, the source of all other graces, all other virtues. And so, if your whole being is built up in the Father's love, you can bring out of your storehouses anything God is as a creator. You can be all things to all people in the hopes of saving some. And let me tell you guys, what I'm seeing right now is even one religious fly in the ointment ruins the perfume of your spirit life. The greatest temptation right now, as we're about to go completely and totally wild in Love Glory Revival, is the religious, self-righteous spirit. <laughs> they are in danger of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and going to hell. It's that serious, because you're coming against the full revelation of God the Father, not just Jesus. You're coming against the full revelation of the Holy Spirit and the Father, physically seen and physically felt upon your faces. When your eyes and your heart and your entire being looks into the fullness of perfect love and attacks it, guess what happens? Ananias and Sapphira, dead. Dead. Just instant death. True. And it's true. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's going to start happening. <laughs> that is right where we're at. People have been told about all of these things of the glory, the power of the glory, so much. And they've mostly just hardened their heart. And they mostly went and sought a gospel that they'd like in their ears. They like to go hear things that suits their own souls. They're not interested in bringing the sacrifice of their soul. And so what happens is you come to a place of hardness of heart where all unbelief gets punished. All unbelief is punished by love. People don't understand divine love. They think divine love is being nice to people. Listen, love is the greatest judgment of all. Anything that's not love in me, in my heart and in my mind and in my flesh every day, gets judged and I feel like I'm dying every single day, multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. I physically feel like parts of me are dying and it's a glorious death. And every time you die with him, you resurrect in that area of death. No one can come to Jesus except they pick up their cross, deny themselves, and follow him. The main thing you need to deny is your religious self and that's the main thing Satan and his angels are encouraging you to not die to. And that's why blasphemy against the things of the glory, against the glorious freedom of the sons of God, 1 Peter chapter 1, they'll walk in the glorious freedom of the sons of God. Religion-free zones, fly-free zones, Goshen's, is the main thing that people are attacking. And God said, you have come to a level in your apostleship in Acts 28, where I'm asking you to no longer try to save the Christians. Because it's just heartbreak after heartbreak after betrayal after betrayal, and it's been a continuous nightmare because of the religious spirit, the leaven that leavens the whole lump. And God will not redeem Christianity. He did not redeem Judaism in His first coming. He will not redeem Christianity in His second coming. He's not going to come inside any church. 
He's not going to come and do, redeem your building systems. None of that. He's going to let it just destroy itself because it's all religion and it's all rebellion. All of it, the whole system, everything you know about Christianity will be changed in this greater glory, in this revival. And that's what we're on the cusp of. We're not going after the Christians to save the Christians anymore. Our hands are completely clean. Acts 28. We're going to the Gentiles representing the world. We're going to the heathen. We're going to the sinners. And they will listen, it is written. Paul came to the end of himself of trying to save the religious people. And, he's, and he just completely gave up, which was a divine thing. That is right where we're at right now for the whole world. That the whole gospel shift will go from the Christians to the world in a completely different expression that'll be the freest, most wonderful, most perfect, and you'll never get betrayed again. You'll never get the continuous dishonor, the continuous uh, opinionated pride of, of the tree of knowledge. All of that dishonor and disloyalty and backstabbing betrayal will be gone. And you'll be continuously refreshed by going to the Gentiles, going to the heathen, going to the nations, going to the gamers, going into all the different communities that have been established outside of Christianity. Everything that's in the world that's not religious will be completely saved into the ark. The only thing that's not going to be saved is the one-third religious angels that have attached themselves to this false form of Jezebelic Christianity that will be drowned underwater by the waters of our glory and freedom. These are the days of Noah, and we are entering the time of the floods. It's been raining for years. Raining for years, and they just harden their hearts. They just do their own thing, and they, just, and they never obey. And then the floods come and just annihilates that system. After years and years and years of continuous warnings that they never heeded, now the floods are upon you. That's right where we're at. Glory to God. <laughs> and if you like to drink, that just means more living waters for you to drink. That you've made it through the great tribulation. That you've made it through the labyrinth and the gauntlet of religion. And you've been promoted. Those that came out of the religious system are the Joshua and Caleb's. They've overcome the doubt and unbelief of wilderness false Christianity. And they've been established in the promised land fruit. Carrying the ark of the fruitfulness of the Jurassic grapes. That's what it means to carry the glory. Joshua and Caleb carried the full promised land glory on their shoulders. The government of God is on their shoulders, on our shoulders, in the grapes, in the Jurassic wine, the best wine saved for last. And those that have drunk their way out of the wilderness have been promoted to the leaders of the new world, the new heavens and the new earth. Watch. Every word I'm telling you is the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. And to the measure you've suffered in the kingdom will be the measure of your brightness and your stardom. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, it is written. Best time in history to not be religious. Because it's the culmination and maturation of the ages. Rejoicing over self-righteousness 
which is rejoicing over the sting of death. <laughs> Getting so high in the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus that no scorpion's tail of religious pride can touch you anymore in your heart, soul, or flesh, or house, or family. Whole houses lifted up into the highway of holiness where there's no unclean, religious, self-righteous thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you destroy religion, you set all the rebellious free. That's what Jesus did in his first coming. He never attacked a rebellious person one time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was a friend of sinners and tax collectors, prostitutes, drunkards, and gluttons. Scripture says it. Because this satanic pride of self-righteousness is what blocks people from the full glory of his pleasure. The full drugs of the third heaven. The full magic of Eden. The love magic. Oh yeah. It is the magic of Moses and the magic of the Magi. Moses threw his staff down and, dev and devoured the seven staffs of Egypt, of the seven kingdoms of hell. And his staff, through being a master of magic, became the only magic in the world during those times with the seven plagues. That's what we're doing. We're taking the staff of Moses and devouring every sorcerer's staff in every nation and all governments and all economies and all finances in every city and nation. We're devouring the enemy's staff, the enemy's power. The scepter of wickedness is broken and devoured by the staff of Moses, wielded in our hands in the city of David and in the water temple of Ezekiel. And we will bring the only magic that shall ever remain, which is divine love. Love is a magic. It's a physically felt magic. It's true. <laughs> it's in the waters and it's in the stars. Glory. It'll get you drunk. Song of Songs 5-1. Be drunk with love. Father, for the fullness of your wisdom, being drunk by the nations. I'm seeing Revelation where it says, and I will make them drink the full cup of my wrath. What do you think God's wrath is? Love. It's love. Is God angry? The Bible says he's not anymore since the Lamb's been slain. So the anger towards sin is the measure of the glory love, the love glory that's poured upon a person because it judges pride and lust. 
We don't have any grid for this kind of love because it's divine and supernatural. To the measure we understand agape selfless love is the measure we know the Father himself. So this kind of love is the end of pride, the end of greed, the end of idolatry, the end of sin. And it sounds crazy, but God will make everybody drink the full wrath of the Lamb. Imagine the Lamb all wrathful. You think that, what is the wrath of the Lamb? Love pressed so hard upon your brains that you can't get angry at people anymore. It's the ferociousness of love. It's Song of Songs, chapter 8. Love that's stronger than death. What's death? Pride. We all have pride because pride's part of the original sin of the curse. So when you experience love, that's what transforms us. That's what transformed Nikolai and I from what we were before to what we are now, is love. Ever-increasing experiences of love, which is an ever-increasing wrath of the Lamb. That's the power of the Father. And the measure that you've drunk that wrath towards your own pride and have died to self and pride and everything that's you becomes him and you're no longer aware of self because you've embraced him, the slain of the lamb. That's the measure of your authority in God. The measure of your divine love is the measure of your authority in God. The measure of your selflessness is your authority in God. And there's all kinds of different ranks, and you're continually tested, and there's angels watching every decision you make, and there's prophets watching every decision you make. Whether you get promoted or demoted, in every area of your life, you're being watched. (coughs) This world is a testing ground to see who you will be for eternity. And we decide that every moment of our lives, even when we sleep, our heart never slumbers. Our spirit's always active doing stuff, whether in the demonic kingdom of selfishness or the angelic kingdom of selflessness. You're always active. Your spirit's always making choices. Your heart is always interacting with other spirits. There are millions and hundreds of millions of spirits that you're always interacting with in this world. So no one can say, oh, I didn't know. Your heart knew what it was doing, interacting with every thought and intention of the heart. So that every man, woman, and child is without excuse in the whole world. Because your heart will be laid bare and no one can say, oh, I didn't know. You knew. Your heart knew. Every thought and emotion of the heart and attitude and judgment of the heart is an interaction with the spirit being. Whether you go up in the likeness of God or go down in the likeness of Satan, in darkness or in light, whether you ascend or descend. And there's a descending into humility, but it's mostly a descending into darkness of those that shrink back from divine love and becoming selfless Christian creatures that are slain like he's slain. God only accepts people that are like Jesus to be his sons and daughters. It's not optional. You have to become a sacrificial lamb to be close to the Father. Whether you're a man, woman, or child, you have to serve others more highly than yourself. That's what a Christian means. A Christ one. One who's like Christ, who doesn't serve self anymore, 
but now serves the Father and doesn't serve man. Man-pleasing and God-pleasing cannot coincide. It's like salt water and fresh water coming out of the same spring. It's double-mindedness, unstable in all its ways. You'll love one and despise the other. You have to despise yourself to love God in a healthy way. You have to completely reject your desires. You have to pour out the pleasures of the flesh every day as bowls of soup in order to serve the Father and to esteem His rewards, His pleasures, far above all the rewards and pleasures of this life. And you do that consistently. That's called practicing righteousness. Righteousness is being upright with the Father, serving the Father above everything that's in the world, serving Him above your title, your dignity, your respectability, your finances. I mean, serving Him above your family and friends. It's kind of basic level discipleship stuff that Jesus talks about. Jesus even said, you got to hate your family in order to serve me. What? <laughs> Going into the deep things of the red letters. Hate my family, Jesus. No wonder why they killed him. Is there all the, the principles in the red letters are against our modern day people pleasing Christianity? You shouldn't hate anyone. That's not what Jesus said. You have to utterly despise the serving of your bloodlines in order to serve the blood of the Lamb and drink the cup of His blood. You're going to serve your bloodlines? You can be no servant of Christ. You have to serve His blood. That's why the New Covenant is called the cup of the blood of the Lamb. Every day you drink it and reject serving the familiar spirits of the temptations that are common to your mother and father. It's usually religion or some kind of addiction, alcohol, you got lust problems, insecurities. Some people are just handed down sickness and disease, but you reject, you despise, you hate what they offered you. That's what it means to hate your mother and father, is to hate what they offered you in life in order to drink and love what God the Father offered you in life, the salvation of a different bloodline that you can serve by drinking his blood. Drinking the river of life is becoming a part of the Christian bloodline, of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And Hebrews says, of these ones, he's not ashamed to call his brothers and sisters, the ones that reject mom and dad, to serve the Father in the blood of Jesus. No one else is actually even a real Christian in the whole world. They're all fakes and pretenders, every single one. Glory to God. <laughs> and you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> I love His blood. I get drunk on His blood. His blood is so celebrational. His blood is pure glory. He's transfigured, so it's not vampirism, even though we're listening to Dracula's soundtrack here. We're doing away with Jezebel, who's drunk on the blood of the saints, that's been stealing from God's people, who are ignorant of the devil's ways. So we're, we're actually, we're going after it today with a different level of wine pressure and a wine press. We're going after it today from a higher degree of glory. And even though you might have heard these things before, it's a different elevation in the spirit. Everything in the world is completely different today. You are dealing with a different universe. 
You are dealing with a different nation. Everything in the atmosphere has shifted. Yep. You're on the verge of great awakening. The power of Satan is completely fading away. And the power of the sons of God are manifesting. And creation is starting to rejoice. Mm-hmm. And you're in that transition point of birth pains where there's a lot of awkwardness like creation and civilization going through a puberty out of the old world into the new world where righteousness dwells. The sons of God have pioneered so far ahead into the eighth day glory, into the eternal glory, that we're washing away all the old wine and the old wineskin. The old wineskin is self, the old wine is witchcraft. Working by the sweaty route, the curse of the fall, having everything contained and controlled in your brain, and now it's going to be contained and controlled by the mind of Christ, the ark of the rainbow of Noah's ark of a new world where righteousness dwells that's controlled by the rainbow ark of the mind of Jesus Christ that will cover all nations in divine love. Talk about a government of God. Government means a a complete system of being taken care of. He's called Father, but I don't think we've experienced him that much to know him as Father in every area of our souls, especially our flesh life, because we're coming out of such an Egyptian slavery and finances and lack and being ripped off and having the hope deferred, making our hearts sick and dealing with so much religious curses of the self-righteous warlocks of religion that a lot of Christianity has been just hoping that it's true, but experiencing very little of it in our day-to-day lives. As the sons of God appear and our faces shine like the sun and clothe all flesh with the glory of Jesus Christ, I tell you what, every single promise is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. That no one will get sick anymore from having their hope deferred. Mm -hmm. Every promise will be manifest and people will be perfectly fathered by the government of God by the city of David, and by the water temple of Ezekiel, and the living waters will give refreshment to everything that has breath in the garden. Amen. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That's been happening for 2,000 years through the bloodline of Jesus Christ since Pentecost. So 2,000 years later, we're now in the third day, the resurrection day, in the fullness of the government of God coming forth of the increase of His government and peace that will completely demolish all the enemies of divine peace and divine prosperity through all flesh and all souls and all spirits in the universe at this time. It's called the restoration of all things. Amen. (laughs) Glory. It's so perfect that we just transitioned from 12.12, which was the Daniel 12, Revelation 12 fulfillment (laughs) on December 12th, with the full moon rising at 12.12. And let me tell you, Daniel and Revelation, those are the most mysterious books of the Bible. There's so much mystery there that People don't get it and it confuses pride big time because pride wants to figure it all out. Pride wants to know all the answers and have it all unwrapped and have it all solved. Well guess what? The glory of the Lord and the mystery of God have partnered (laughs) to totally whack the fallen power 
in order to completely destroy it. And it's been beautiful to watch, just even on a small scale. But now we're literally feeling it citywide, statewide, worldwide. And it's only growing stronger. And honestly, guess what? It's just the kingdom, the light kingdom doing all the work. We just have to yield ourselves in partnership to what God is doing right now. And enjoy the show. <laughs> enjoy the show that the Lord is putting on. <laughs> We're about to enter things that will be so mysterious. We're already in like the greatest mysterious things that, that you can imagine. But there are layers of mystery packaged up that are ready to pop open. And it's gonna be so freaking glorious. <laughs> it will literally resurrect the whole body. There is groundwork being laid. And I want I want you all to have hope because you are helping lay this groundwork. And all you have to do is abide in the Father and let Him work through you. Literally, it's like letting the love glory of God possess you by comparison to where you were in your flesh before. Like, if someone can be possessed with 4,000 demons, <laughs> how much greater can you be possessed by the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> More Seriously. powerful than 4,000 demons. <laughs> Seriously, Amen. it's true. If your spirit can get possessed by 4,000 demons, then how much greater can you get possessed by the Lord of glory to release the glory? <laughs> yeah, the gathering demoniac had legion in him. The term legion means 6,000 demons. Think about it, how the capacity of your spirit to hold 6,000 demons, which is a whole dominion of hell, inside one man. <laughs> it's really funny, because you can fit a whole dominion of God inside one man. Mm -hmm. And Lord of regions, that's why they went around discipling cities, and Luke talks about the rewards of the good stewards as being lords over cities. cities. One city, five city, ten cities. You're going to start operating out of dominions of God's glory. And we're coming out of such a dark age, time of fear, of Jezebel, that we don't have grit for God's power over cities and nations. Most people are still worried about microchips and guillotines and FEMA camps, you know? There's just all kinds of crazy paranoid schizophrenia out there everywhere. Like sheep, you know, sheep are so easily afraid. When the good shepherds come around and start lording over cities, fear will be ancient history. Amen. Ancient history. Like dinosaurs. It'll be that extinct. You won't even be able to remember a negative thought in the apostolic covering of the bride's carriage that's coming over people's souls. The marriage carriage is the covering of mercy and love, Song of Solomon, it is written. And that it will so drench your brain with the dew of God's glory 
that there will be no negative thing ever passing through your mind again. That's what the new earth is. It's a place where love, which is righteousness, dwells. Righteousness is divine love. The king of righteousness, Melchizedek, is the king of love. Love is righteousness. Practicing divine love is practicing righteousness. The knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea is the practicing of love, the knowledge of love. Revelations of divine love is what will cover everyone's brains. That's what a true apostolic covering is. Isaiah 4 or 5, And the dome of God's love will cover everyone from the scorching heat, meaning there will be no more curse. We're talking about the reverse of the curse. This is what it's been all about in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, is God's love coming as a covering through the heavens and the stars and the sun and the moon and removing the curse of the fall from everyone's heads on earth and they'll rise right up in the love and they'll live in righteousness. They'll live intoxicated in their flesh. No one's going to want drugs and alcohol anymore. I'm prophesying it. I already live in it. We pioneered it. We've been walking in it for years. It's going to go mainstream and touch everyone. Because Satan's counterfeits are garbage that produce death. God's realities are pleasure at his right hand forevermore. It's a far superior high and intoxication and pleasure and fellowship. The riches of his glory. That's what we stored up. And guess what? You stored up until they outpour. It's a revival of those who have outpoured all of their treasures in heaven. That's what a manifesting son of God, someone who's so built up in the wisdom of the ages internally, constantly transfigured by the renew of their mind, and people get so built up that they begin to outpour, and that outpouring is the covering of divine love. And all the animals will come, and they'll start eating the fruit, and they'll transform into men and women. You're not a man or a woman until your soul's transformed by love, by eating love apples. You have to eat the tree of life to be a man and woman. We lost the image of being a man and the image of being a woman when we started eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We bear the image of the creation instead of the creator on our faces. That's why people frown when you come around them in the glory. Like, why are you scowling at me? Why are you frowning in the fullness of God's presence and the fullness of love? You think they'd get happy about it, but they get angry about it. People manifest like crazy. You see them every day for years. Why does that reaction occur? Because they're burying the image of reptiles and birds and rebellious demons instead of the image of the Creator. So the love of God restores men and women as you eat the love apples, as you drink the love syrup, as you drink the crystal water into the roots of your feet, the roots of your belly, the roots of your heart, the roots of your brain, and you get transfigured internally into the original blueprint of what God created you to be as a creature. We're all created in the image of love because God is love. And anything in us that is not God's perfect love is an error, is a demon, is a seed of the enemy. It's an access point where we're wounded that we need grace in to heal it. And so people need a lot of healing, which means they need a lot of love. And these waters are the waters of love. We got love syrup, we got love apples. We're going to prepare a feast of love in the promised land. And everyone can come and feast on love. And you know what? Religious people need love more than anyone. They've been beat up by the devil more than anyone in the world. 
They're the most bitter, miserable people. We just forgive them and bless them, and we give them the grace to forgive themselves for continuously murdering the prophets and siding with the Antichrist. I have people come in and out of relationship with me like weekly. I mean, there are people literally in the Facebook group that have blocked me like 25 times and have came back into the group 25 times. There's like dozens of people like that. And just they come and they go. It's like they murder the Son of God and then they get forgiven. That's the religious spirit. It's pride. When you come, when you have an unrighteous judgment in your heart, it will always grow up to murder in your soul. You get used to it. You have to, and as leaders, you have to get used to saying this like Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It's a confusing world full of religious spirits that constantly murder Jesus Christ, especially in people that he's more formed in than you. Because the jealousy and the strife are all the temptations of Satan and his demons to turn you against one another, even though they're just receiving grace that's available for you. And that orphan spirit, that poverty spirit says, oh, they got a blessing, I didn't. You, you have access to the same tree of life as everyone else. No matter what kind of delusion is surrounding your mind, what magic spell of the fallen angels has lied to you in your mind, you have the full access to the tree of life to eat that fruit and transform the same as everyone else. So we want to open that up to everyone. Everyone in the world have access to eat the apples of the tree of life and be filled with divine love and be perfected and built up all the way in your hearts into Eden, the realm of divine love in Jesus' name. Amen. And I think this is a time of being drawn in even deeper into that love glory. And many of you are seeing us walk in it, but you're also wondering, well, how do, how do we enter this love glory more for ourselves? And so I just kind of want to pray you through that right now, and, and I'll just say this before that, is, look, it's about letting God take you into the realms in the spirit and in the glory that are without sin and that are full fruitfulness. All the fruits of the garden are available to you. There is no sin there. There is no flesh there. So explore those realms with God. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all the rest shall be added unto you. This is the complete freedom, the love glory where you can pioneer and explore with the Heavenly Father. So I just release a fresh outpouring of the love glory through your spirit, soul, and body, and that you may be possessed by the Lord Jesus' love glory, and that he may possess you into his richness, his fullness, his grace, and that you would just be transformed by his love, that you would be kissed with the kisses of his mouth and be forever changed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just have a drink with me. <laughs> let's, let's get a barrel, let's dip it into the river of love, and let's fill our bodies with fresh love from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in the river. Again, dipping our barrel in the river. More love. You're never going to make it until you learn how to drink. That's right. I tell you what, we deal with so much crap. 
but then I'll just be shocked. You deal with betrayal on the highest level every day for years, and it won't even affect you at all if you learn how to drink. You stick your barrel right in the river, have another drink. Your mom thinks you're a warlock. Have a drink. Your grandpa cursed you on his deathbed. Have a drink. They fired you from work because you're not a good Christian because you're drunk all the time on the Holy Spirit. Have a drink. Your spouse thinks you're crazy because you're drunk on the glory all the time. You need to have a drink. <laughs> you're tithing into the Ezekiel 47 water temple and everyone's condemning you for your generosity. Have a drink. <laughs> Your mind's getting renewed into a rainbow between your ears, and people think rainbows are homosexual. You have a drink. <laughs> you're too happy all the time, and you're not taking the curse serious enough. Keep drinking. <laughs> I think some of them need the IV. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. They had a brother that said he had never felt higher drunk before, and, and, and God had me put a blow dart with an IV right into his back as he was walking away. And I said, there's an, a wine angel now attached to you with an IV. And he went and had a dream that night that he got drunk in the spirit. In the dream. In the dream. And he was so drunk with me in the spirit, he called me. He's like, man, I, I said, do you remember when I, I shot that new wine IV right into your back? That's real. You're about to get completely drunk out of your mind. So right now, just turn your back to me, and I'm going to shoot you in the back. <laughs> With a blow dart that's, that's been dipped in the strongest love of the Garden of Eden, and it's going to have a cable attached right to the Lamb of God on the throne that's going to inject you intravenously with the best wine reserved for last. Right now. <laughs> so instead of getting stabbed in the back, you get IV'd in the back with the new wine tube. <laughs> and you can keep that in forever if you want. Go right into your blood, right into your bones. And what it needs to do is go right up into your brain and wash all the religion out of the brain. Mm. All that stuff that, that holds on to the consciousness of self in the natural realm, like you're in control, that's what needs to melt. That's actually the melting of the curse of the fall right out of your forehead. It renews your mind to the rest of His blood. And that's what allows the angels to work in the blood of the Lamb so that you can enter the rest. 
That's what lets you sit on the throne. That blood is the access to your inheritance as kings and queens and princes and princesses of heavenly Jerusalem. We enter in by the blood of the Lamb. That's how they entered the holy place. Well, the blood's been shed once and for all. You now have an IV of the blood of Jesus being injected into you. And all you got to do is convince your mind it's real, and it is real in the Spirit. You'll have dreams, you'll have signs and wonders, you'll have angelic encounters testifying that the blood is real. It's a spiritual substance that changes your mind to live out of the glory dimension above the natural dimension. So you're above the curse. You're dancing on the moon. You're wrapped in the light of the sun. You're living out of the celestial dimension. You've overcome the earth. You're no longer cursed like those who live on the earth. You're blessed like those who live in the heavens, like angels, in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is a time, too, where many of you have had dreams and longings and desires that you've been waiting to be fulfilled. And this glory is an opportunity to see all those dreams come to pass. And so I release divine fulfillment over you of all those dreams that you would be one who makes God's dreams come true. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you struggle with token the ghost, now is the time to just break through Mm, and learn how to breathe the breath of life. And don't just toke the ghost into your mouth and into your lungs, but toke the ghost into your brain. Toke the ghost into your heart. Toke the ghost into your belly. Toke the ghost into your legs, into your feet, into your bones. Your bones can breathe. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 37 says, "Can can these dry bones live? And then he says, prophesy to the four winds of heaven. And then the four winds, that's a hit. That's a, those are bones that learned to toke the ghost, that breathed in the four winds of heaven, the spirit of the four living creatures coming right into your bones and healing you and learning how to breathe the glory into your bones. And it will completely remove the curse out of your flesh. And your bones will come alive. These dry bones can live. There's hope, Ezekiel 37, especially when the glory of God, the wind of God, the angels of God go into your bones and they carry you into 47 out of 37. We go from dry bones, Ezekiel 37, into river bones, Ezekiel 47. That's when the party starts. Start When you start living underwater in the glory of God. And that's where everyone needs to go. Just get completely slam dunked and drunk and baptized in the river out of everything dry in your life. And everyone deals with dry stuff. And when it's no longer you and you're like all built up in faith and you got your outpouring like rivers all the time, now you're serving others. Song of Songs 8, you've become a canopy and a dome of protection for people weaker in the faith or people with no faith at all. You want to protect every soul. God wishes that none should perish, that all should come to eternal life. He leaves the 99 and goes after the one. God's not about striking people into hell. God's about covering them with love and giving them as many chances as they can as they're wrapped in a blanket of liquid love. 
So most of us haven't even come to a place of maturity to wrap cities and nations in a blanket in a blanket of our spiritual love, of our spirit life so built up that we can wrap whole economies and heal economies, wrap nations and heal governments, wrap everything in the world with love. That's what the tree of life fully formed in us will do. The leaves of our covering are the healing of the nations, the leaves of the tree of life. When we drop these leaves upon all flesh and we cover all flesh, we don't hold on to the leaves, we let them fall off our tree because we know that the more and more we release from above and not hold on to it but let it go and let it fly and let it go down to everyone below, the more we'll get from God. That's how you live by trust in the mature things of God and not holding on to your fruit, letting your, your fruit drop from your tree. You let everyone eat from your tree. And you don't get angry at anyone, no matter the state they come, needing the leaves and needing the fruit, needing the syrup, needing the sap, needing the waters, needing the bark, whatever they need from the tree of life that's fully formed in you, you let the nations feast on you. Because that's the only cure God the Father has ever given to this world. And we, uh, you know, I tell you, this is something I struggle with. People come such a mess to me all the time, especially through the reptilian religious spirit that I hate so much. And it's like, should I really let them eat my fruit? Oh, they just tick me off so bad with their self-righteousness and their pride and all this stuff. And it's like, let them feast. Let them feast. And it will humble you as you see them transform. That's actually the greatest thing is learning like the younger prodigal son of Luke 15 to love unconditionally the older religious prodigal son that hates your guts because you're forgiven so much and despises you and is jealous of you and is attacking you. This son of yours, you threw him a party with a slaughtered calf. You didn't even give me a goat to have fun with my friends. And how you have an attitude of love toward that older prodigal son is what transforms the nations because those are the healthy that don't think they need a doctor. Mm. You're dealing with pride. You're dealing with Cain. You're dealing with Wormwood. You are dealing with everything of the fall as you love unconditionally prideful people. That's the hardest thing for Christians to do, for really spiritual prophetic people to do, to love perfectly prideful people that reject you, despise you, say all kinds of lies about you, and they treat the things of the Spirit as trash. They treat God the Father's mercy and love as garbage and trash, and they're abusive towards it every day. And you just take it, you absorb it, because that's the Lamb's nature. You absorb it, that's the divine alchemy, and He turns it into a blessing for them and a blessing for you. That's when Christ is fully formed in you that no curse can ever kindle against the lamb that's been slain. If you're fully slain with him every day, divine alchemy turns every word curse, every witchcraft prayer, every negative thing spoken in the heavens and the earth and under the earth into a blessing for the person speaking it and for you receiving it until our sacrificial lamb nature completely transforms the nations and there's no more curse anywhere in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> You can get drunk off of people cursing you. We've been saying it for 13 years. Persecution's on the payroll. The worse they treat you, the more blessed you get. Deuteronomy 28, Balaam coming and cursing Israel. No curse shall ever kindle upon me, but every word that's cursed against me shall be turned into a blessing according to Deuteronomy 28. Amen. You have the word of God and you have the blood of the lamb and you have the living waters and you have Ezekiel's kitchen. 
the kitchen where the alchemy occurs, literally taking all the curses, the potent sorceries of the nation, all the religious self-righteousness, all the sexual immorality, all the adultery and selfishness, and all the idolatry and greed and covetousness that's in the world, and you just stir it up in the cauldron of Ezekiel's kitchen, and you turn it into glory. That's the power of the Lamb of God. And He's doing it today worldwide through all flesh and all blood. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, I'll take up tonight's offering. Um, You know, it's really precious because... We're in this love glory where we get to have so much fun with the Father and we get to cheerfully give our hearts <laughs> to Him in, in ministry and everything we do. And I think it's interesting because Scripture says very clearly, you can't serve God and money or you can't serve God and mammon. Amen? And so what does that look like? Well, serving money and mammon is when, when, when God is, is calling you and he is testing your heart to give. And your initial response is, well, I can't because. If your mindset is, I can't because I don't have or I can't because of. You've already agreed with, with mammon and unbelief. Instead of saying, I can because I have the Father. I can because I have Jesus. I can give because all of the abundance of the entire universe is at my side and has my back. And so whatever I do in the spirit of joy, cheerfully, will be extremely rewarded. And so that's the mindset I want us to go into tonight in our giving, is to say, to, to abolish those mindsets of I can't and to come into agreement with I can because you have the one <laughs> on your at your back to help you enter full abundance. So there's a variety of ways to give. Uh, redlettermin.com, uh, donate link or the partners page. Uh, we have text giving available there as well. And uh, if you want to show up on the stream, uh, there's a stream labs in the YouTube as well. And I just bless everyone who gives that they would abolish the spirit of unbelief in their hearts and the spirit of poverty that they would stop serving mammon and they would stop serving money and they would start serving righteousness in their giving in Jesus name and be blessed abundantly. Amen. Amen. I love you guys and see you tomorrow. (laughs) Glory.